Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we are talking about training psychology, short-term versus long-term goals. This is something that if you get right, you are going to see some serious change in your body and you will be driven towards your goals faster than you can imagine. Stick around. Like Vasquez said in Aliens, let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, we got Rich behind the mix. My name is Yanni Bormeister. Across the table from me is my brother, Rad, and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unified Movement System. It is the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness in every workout so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal programs and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Right now, we also have a wicked uh, 72-hour flash sale that we're going to extend. We'll talk about that uh, a bit later. Uh, But it is all about flexibility, and you can grab our flexibility masterclasses at a massive discount, all three of them, all three levels, all three stages. Do not miss out. Before we get started, big warm welcome. If you are on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group, leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact in that group. And lastly, a big shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. Uh, How are you today, Rad? Richie? I am pretty good, pretty good. It's uh, weird having you back here, but... Um, it's weird being back, and I uh, completely stuffed it up at the start there, just in case anyone <laughs> caught that. <laughs> uh, all good, all good. I remember the first time I did a podcast as well, so that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I worked really hard in the last week on a tan, on developing a tan, and I look pasty as usual, so... Uh, a little bit disappointed in that. It was all it was all for you guys uh, <laughs> lying in the sun the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I feel very naked too without my cap on. I've got a uh, I'm rocking a beanie for those of you listening to the podcast. I usually wear a cap in in the podcast room, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's I'm just freaking out on all levels. Here we are. Here we are. No cap. No idea. This is all happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Which brings us to uh, the topic of today's discussion which is training psychology. Uh, and you know, uh, we like to really drive deep in the dangers of the, of the short-term mindset and, uh, and, and short versus long-term goal setting, because quite frankly, this, is, this discussion is fueled by people having no idea, mm. uh, no idea of the consequences in not getting this right, no idea in the consequences of you know, charging for short-term goals. Uh, without having the micro, the macro p- picture in mind, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. We, I mean, look, we used to do it, right? We, you and I, have been personal trainers for seventeen years now. We opened Unity Gym eight years ago, and when we opened Unity Gym, we were certainly selling people on short-term goals. Um, why? Because you got to pay the bills, right? Yeah. And. Uh, you can have all the values that you want in the world, but you have to pay the bills, and it is very, very hard to sell people on uh, long-term goals. And it took us a long time to gain the confidence to remarket our whole business and marketing message on the idea of long-term goals. And I'm so happy we did it because now at Unity Gym and in our UMS Online Coaching Tribe, um, we're surrounded by people that that respect this and they buy in and they're there for the journey. Um, And yeah, look, the problem is that people are, are, you're, you're fighting your ignorance versus the strong marketing message of the fitness industry. So 
ignorance i'm not saying that as an insult i'm saying it as a as a matter of fact if you don't know better you, you know you're ignorant of an issue right you 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 don't understand this stuff and so you look for an answer and you start seeing every gym saying you know join the 30-day challenge or you know get you know fat to fit in 90 days or whatever whatever the bullshit they're peddling is and the problem is like you actually can have a really good transformation in 30 to 90 days. You can. We've had people lose four and a half, five kilos in 30 days. We've had people lose 15 kilos of fat shown by DEXA scan. We've had people lose 18 kilos of fat in 12 weeks shown by DEXA scan uh, without losing muscle at the same time. But the hard part is keeping it off. Or the hard part is if you gain strength uh, you know, and get buff in in whatever it is. It's keeping it right. It's you know, getting it isn't so, isn't nearly as hard as keeping it. Well, the, the, you know, it's funny we're talking about this because I just spent a week with my mother and stepfather and father and and uh, those of you who follow us for a while, you know, we talk about this a lot. Our um, all of our parents are overweight. My father's done a great job at losing quite a lot of weight over the last two decades, but he's gained a bit of it back. He's still way ahead of where he was. Uh, but my mother and, and stepfather, are, um, are, you know, are quite overweight. Uh, they would be classified as morbidly obese if they were to see a doctor. And, and um, uh, I had a lot of discussion with my mother about this. Uh, she's working extremely hard in her mind to um, get herself in shape and to, you know, uh, ensure longevity because they've both worked extremely hard to get where they are in life, uh, career-wise and, and financial-wise, but they've sacrificed their health along the way. And, you know, mum's going to a gym a few days a week, uh, usually I think two or three days a week, and uh, training for an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And, you know, we were talking about this whole idea. She's, she goes through these rapid periods where she does some radical intervention, which is usually a starvation diet and more exercise and it, it, you know she's done it for as long as i've known her trying to lose weight which would be three decades 30 years probably and you know periodically a couple of times a year she does something like this and it just never works it never ever works uh, she she often loses weight you know i've even known her to lose 16 kilos in a matter of months a couple of months uh, but she rebounds every time, every yeah. single time. And and she goes through these cycles. You know, people talk about it, the, the term of yo-yo dieting. And, and my, my opinion and take on it is... <laughs> The quicker it goes, the quicker it comes, and uh, and a lot of easy people come, share, yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of people share that opinion uh, because we've experienced it as as uh, uh, fitness professionals, you know, and and there's a lot of there's a the fair bit of research behind this, uh, you know, it takes a certain amount of years for things to normalise and become your norm, and that's a mix of you know, hormones sort of normalising your leptin and ghrelin levels sort of um, uh, and your satiety levels meeting your metabolism and all of that stuff doesn't sort of change and adapt at the same pace just like the tissues in your body uh, bones muscles um, connected tissues like uh, ligaments and tendons they don't adapt to stimulus like strength <coughs> stimulus at the same rates uh, your metabolism and your hormones um, and your satiety don't adapt to weight loss at the same rate or weight gain at the same rate and so you're left with um, you know a little bit of risk there that if you lose a lot of weight really quickly one it often is not discriminatory and you tend to uh, you know lose muscle mass at the same rate as fat mass uh, and that has you know pretty bad effect down the path but <laughs> two you you um, you often 
you know, feel really hungry when you've lost a lot of weight and dieted quite considerably. And therefore, when you sort of lose your momentum and lose your drive and motivation, you just overeat, you overconsume for your metabolism. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that is the, ob- the most obvious. Weight loss is the most obvious. But it, 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 this goes for everything, you know, because mm. it, it is difficult to change your body. It's very difficult to gain muscle. It's very difficult to lose fat. And, uh, and it's easy to get motivated to do anything for a short amount of time. What's really, really hard is to keep doing it for a long period of time, long enough that it becomes a lifestyle norm. Yep. I mean, this is why we created the um, health, oh, we shouldn't even say created, why we identified and then put it down on paper, the health hierarchy of needs. Because if you really want to, if you really want to change your body, like what you've got to recognize is that it's like your current state of health, the, the, the state that your body's in, being 30 or 40 pounds overweight, not being weak and frail, not being able to move well, being in pain all the time, whatever it is, that you're feeling right now is a direct snapshot and reflection of the choices that you've made through your life to get you there. Like you are a living, breathing example of your environment that you've created around yourself. And so the, the hard thing that most people don't understand is that having saying, all right, I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in the next three months. Like it's a great goal and it's enough to get you started and off the couch. But it's not what the research shows. I was going to say it's what we've found, but it's not just what we've found. It's what all of these studies around diets for decades have found, right? Like it, it just never works. The dieting, the crash course stuff, it, it never stays long term. Um, I can't remember what the statistics are, but the statistics on Biggest Loser um, participants that bounce back and gain all the weight that they lost within the next year or and some even is is alarming like it's an alarmingly high number it's a very small amount that that maintain the weight loss that they achieved in those reality tv shows and so the idea of the the health hierarchy of needs which is in order motivation new uh daily habit of movement nutrition physique movement mastery physique meaning to lose fat build muscle get into good shape and look good be healthy all of those things confidence um that comes after you've got motivation exercise and nutrition right and the what people really need to get their head around is that it's it's like to say i want to lose fat and that's why i'm going to go to the gym is a great source of motivation it's a really or i want to get buff i want to tone my body whatever language you use for yourself i want to get in shape for summer it's a great source of motivation but if you gain that motivation do yourself a favor and go well beyond just, okay, I'm going to follow this plan that's going to get me there in 30 or 90 days and do what very few people do, which is follow this path that we're laying out for you and set yourself up for long-term success. And long-term success starts with three pillars. It starts with motivation and being very, very clear on what you, why you're doing it so that you, not what you want to do, but why you're doing it 
Can, so can we just go a little deeper into this, what you're saying right now? Because yeah, sure. I know that you're going to skim across this, oh, yeah. but this is something that's come up for me recently talking to my parents that I think it's really important for people to understand. Because we always brush over motivation and motivation as though it's like something that you just set and forget. Uh, set some yeah. goals, mm. uh, create a plan, a strategy, identify your burning desire. But part of motivation that we don't talk about a lot is overcoming psychology and dogma and bullshit, you know, head trash. And this is the thing that I believe is the reason why my mum is failing so miserably at, at achieving her goals and, and losing weight and uh, why, you know, we spoke about a, uh, a, an acquaintance off, off camera before and why he doesn't achieve his goals and why my stepfather won't even start exercising and addressing his diet, even though he so desperately needs to overcome some health issues that he's dealt with recently. And, you know, why my father is suffering back pain so severely and chronically and will never really fix it because he doesn't understand uh, the, the, the motivation. Step one, motivation. And the very first step for a lot of people is actually going to be breaking down some thought patterns and, and behavioral loops that are preventing them from even addressing their, their own problems and issues. You know, I keep saying to my father, if you don't learn to ex make exercise part of your lifestyle and stop treating it as a, as a, as a pill uh, prescription for when you actually experience the back pain chronically enough that it gets your attention, um, you're going to just degenerate. You, 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 if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Especially as you're aging in the in your 70s and whatever else, you know. And the problem is that he doesn't get real about it and he doesn't reflect enough, okay, this is really serious. Like if I yeah. don't start making this a priority, it's going to get worse over time. Same with my mother's health, same with stepfather's health, same with most people who are suffering ill health, disease, dis-ease, you know. Um, and that's the very first step. And that's part of the motivation process. So people look at us and, and, go, and, and are probably thinking all the time, why do they pr prioritize motivation first? Like, why is that so important? It's not just about setting goals. It's not just about uh, um, uh, finding your burning desire. Often that is even too difficult. You, you have to get over your, your head trash. Like lying to yourself about how much you eat, lying to yourself about how bad your back pain is and how serious or chronic an issue it is. You know, um, 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 being in this um, uh, la-la land about what it takes to fix the problem. I can just go see a doctor or I can just take pain pills every yeah. day or I can just do this and that's the easy solution. You know, nine times out of 10 people are stuck on an immense amount of head trash that needs to be addressed. And that's what we're talking about with motivation. You know, you might not even be at the step where you're ready to set some goals. You might still, you might literally need to go see a, a psychologist or a, a dietitian or something like that first, you know. I reckon one of the worst things is um, something that you only just touched on and brushed over there, which is that um, if whatever you're feeling right now that you're unhappy with, if you don't work to change it, it's going to get worse, guaranteed. It's like... It's like if you had a dust build up in your home in a corner of your house and you looked at it and you're like, oh man, there's so much dust there. Ah, oh, well, you know, I can deal with it. It's not, you know, that bad. I, you know, I can deal with that much dust and you don't clean it. Well, it's not going to stay like that. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's obviously in that example, you, you have to clean regularly to make sure the dust doesn't build up. So. If it's pain in your back, if it's pain in your hips, if it's that you're overweight, if it's that you've got poor energy, if it's that you're weak, if it's that you keep injuring yourself, 
if all you keep doing is trying to treat the symptom, which is what so many people do, right? Like they get painkillers or they see a, a chiropractor or a physio or whatever, and they try and get a, something that's just going to allow them to keep going how they are without addressing the underlying health issues, which exercise is always a part of, always. Um, you know, we're born to move. We're not born to not move around. Then there's a lot of problems that are coming down the, down the road for you. So you have, to, you have to say to yourself, you know, you're sitting here, you're looking in the mirror, you're overweight, you're feeling crap, you can't fit in your clothes anymore and you've got this motivation to go and lose some weight. But you've got to turn that into a, okay, wow, this is getting bad and it's going to get worse. I need to just change my lifestyle habits, not I need to achieve this goal in a short term. Because that focus on the end result rather than the focus on the process, which we talk about a lot, is um, it, it, it's, it's what people need to do. It's what people need to focus on. And we went and saw, um, we went and saw Ross Walker, I told you, um, a cardiologist who's a, you know, a world-renowned cardiologist in Australia. And he's a, he is a very matter-of-fact person, isn't he? I've never met him before. Yanni oh, really? knows. I've never met him, him, yeah. yeah Man, right. he is. Like, Alana and I walked out of that office and Alana joked and said, God, I can imagine he'd offend some people because he's so down the line and something that he said to us. Now, what I'm about to say, this isn't my opinion. And he said this to me, he said it in the office. He said, this isn't my social opinion. This is my medical opinion. This is the medical opinion of a leading cardiologist in the world. Someone who's had a, cardi a career as a cardiologist and a doctor for and over 30 surgeon. years and a heart surgeon for over 30 years. He said, we are not designed to have children over the age of 35. And anybody who wants to have children over the age of 35 are, are stupid. And Alana kind of looked at him and, and like we scraped in, Alana was 35, but he was referring to me as well. He was mm. referring to men. And I went, oh, wow, what do you, what do you mean, Ross? And he said, he said we're, we're just like, look at the rise of all the birth defects and problems and not necessarily re retarded or handicapped children, but autism. Um, ADHD, all these things. People are blaming it all on vaccinations. But what's one, vaccinations haven't changed much in the last hundred years. In fact, they've gotten better. But what's happening a lot is there's all these issues with, with people's babies and people's kids. And what's happening is parents are getting older. Parent, people are getting older before they have kids. But to bring it back into this, over the age of 35, this is what he said, we're, we're dying. We're, we, are, we are genetically designed to thrive and grow up until the ripe old age of 35 and then we start to die off and if you, you only need to go back a few thousand years and that's when people died really people died at about 30 to 35 usually because they were getting a bit older and they couldn't outrun the tiger anymore or, or whatever it was or they got a cold and their body was vulnerable vulnerable and they just couldn't fight it off you know and so we now live in this world where people are living so far beyond how we're genetically designed to live for and we haven't caught on to the fact yet that um, we have to do something in order to ensure that that life is a life worth living like we've we've ticked the box of okay we've beaten most at least in the western world we've beaten most of these diseases that kill us off younger and guess what you anti-vaxxers it's because of vaccines that's why we've beaten them <laughs> not my opinion <laughs> but uh the um so so we're living these long ripe old ages now but people are getting overweight they're getting poor health they're losing muscle mass they can't move well they've got injuries they've got pain and they're always looking for the band-aid solution the quick fix rather than the what can i do in order to live a better life and that is what we're talking about here 
It's develop long-term goals. Look at your health, your fitness, look at the reasons why you exercise as a lifestyle, not as a reason to achieve something in 30 to 90 days. Because 30 to 90 days, there's nothing you can really achieve that's worthwhile in anything, except maybe with Bitcoin, maybe you can achieve something worthwhile in 30 to 90 <laughs> no, days. Not even, <laughs> not even you should be. And this is something that Craig Jenkins in the group has been commenting on here. You know, it's the same with everything. Trading and, and investing is exactly the same. You know, you got to look at it like a value investor does. And if you're not willing to buy and hold something for 10 years, uh, you know, and this is the same with your health. You've got to look at like, well, you, you do this for, do something that you can do for a decade. You know, so enjoy it, whatever you choose to do, however you decide to exercise and, and, and eat, for God's sake, you know. I'm, I'm about six years into a 10 year health plan and yeah. it's only just starting to unravel for me. And part of the reason you why mean, it's- Well, unravel sounds bad. You mean come together. Come together yeah, for me. Okay. Come together for me. <laughs> because along my journey, I uncovered major imbalances in my shoulder from injuries that I had 20 years ago that I've had to deal with. Which, are, which is part of my 10-year plan because yeah. part of my 10-year plan was to get my body moving better than it's ever done before, become stronger, more flexible, fitter, and in better shape than I was in my 20s. And along that journey, I uncovered weak links in my kinetic chain due to poor choices when I was younger, injuries that I thought were gone, done, and dusted with. So all these things come into play. And this, yep. is, this is where the long-term... Because I love... Um, I, th I think it was Tony Robbins, but it was definitely someone notable that we've listened to or read books of over the last 10 years. And he talks, of, yeah, it's Tony Robbins. He talks about how people are always concerned about what they can achieve in, in a year or in six months. He said, fucking think about what you can achieve in 15 years. Because if you, if you have a one-year goal and six months into it, you're not close to it, it, it's really disheartening. But if you have a 15-year goal and you're two years into it and you're not very far, you don't even think much of it at all. Yep. You just know that your everything you're doing is gaining momentum towards that big goal. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, be prepared to have to pivot along the way. But um, oh, all the time. But I didn't plan on having the shoulder injuries that I've dealt with. I had yeah. to pivot massively. But this is the thing: if you if you plan long term, I mean, I just, I'm trying to figure out a way of explaining that your nutrition and your exercise is not a diet or a program, it's a lifestyle. And I know that that sounds so cliche and, uh, and I don't want it to sound cliche, but this is where I really pondered a lot, speaking, spending the, so much quality time just sitting and, and, and talking with my parents over the last couple of weeks and really just thinking, why can these guys not get it why can they not achieve what they need to achieve why does my dad have to suffer such severe back pain and chronic back pain why does my mum have to stay on this hamster wheel uh trying to lose weight unsuccessfully and why is my my stepfather probably ill-fated to you know disease uh and the reality is is that they just don't accept that it has to be a change in lifestyle like a complete change yeah. not just a prescription yeah. of a medication or a pain pill or a little bit of exercise a physiotherapist is going to solve my dad's problems or yeah, i mean dad always says you know i don't want to have to do the whole can program I do yeah what's the just to fix my sciatica yeah, you know what's the exercises for sciatica? yeah what lotion can i rub on my body to solve all my problems yeah. you know and um and i know it's in our human nature to want to do the minimum effort possible stay as comfortable as possible and not change it change is very hard there's a a, a myriad of books written on change and how to change and, and how to effectively make changes in your life. But 
the um you know the reality is is that it's all it all starts with step one this motivation what's motivating you to exercise is it just a, a quick fix solution to a problem that you're experiencing right now or something an event you've got coming up you know uh, uh my mum's best example is that she lost weight so successfully the best she's ever done in the last 30 years to prepare for my sister's wedding 16 kilos she trained with me for 12 weeks three months lost 16 kilos looked incredible and then gained it all back quicker way quicker than that after the wedding you know and i i just think like why can it not become uh um uh part of their lifestyle ongoing and the reason is because it's uncomfortable and the reason and and we don't like to be uncomfortable and the reality is is that you don't prep your mind and motivation to deal with that little bit of discomfort every day and just accept it and embrace it and go that's okay we are going to do this now this is my new life i am going to get up and exercise every day i'm going to cut out the shit that i'm eating i'm going to reduce the alcohol that i'm consuming i'm going to spend more time sleeping i'm going to do these things that i know are a necessity to achieve the goals I want to achieve and I'm going to embrace them and I'm going to do them forever. I'm not going to do them periodically when it suits me or when I'm in that much pain that I have to. You it's know? so much easier. Like you, you might be listening to this and thinking, oh my God, that is so hard. Any change is hard. If you want to make any change, it is hard to do. Like real change, a real yeah. change in your lifestyle and your habits, anything. Like anybody that's used to sleeping in and starting work at midday and finishing at 9 p.m. or whatever it is and all of a sudden has to shift to a morning job where they've got to be at work at 5.30. It's unbelievably hard to make that change. But people do that one a lot easier because you know that you're going to lose your job if you don't turn up and so mm. people, people deal with it. But it's easier to make this change and then live this new lifestyle of health than it is to continue to get to lose health. I've got a couple of friends who for 20 years I tried to get them to understand the importance of this and for 20 years they bought in mentally. They always nodded their head and agree with me when I told them but they never made the changes and their health has gotten so bad that whenever I speak to them it's like the, the, whenever you ask that hey how you doing it's always mm. about the pain and discomfort that they're suffering but in their body. This is the thing and this is what I'm flabbergasted with. My stepfather was like not even death not even in the face of death is it enough motivate to motivate you to change my stepfather just dodged a bullet uh with cancer yeah and you know i was convinced i sat down with him and my mother they came to sydney they were seeing a specialist and i sat down and said okay this is a really great you know look at this from a positive this is going to be the catalyst that gets you to change your lifestyle both of you you know, finally, Mark's going to be motivated to exercise, and you know, and 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 you guys are going to be motivated to cut out the shit that you're consuming, and and really embrace a healthy healthier lifestyle. Because if you don't, chances are that there's going to be a recurrence, and you won't make it the second time around. You know, and not even that has been enough of a catalyst to encourage him to do regular exercise and to sort of change the diet and things like that. And I'm baffled by that. I'm like. What what other motivator would you need other than death? Like, what's more motivating than okay? If you don't change, well, you've got two choices: exercise every day and eat better, and 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 you know, make a few lifestyle changes, or die. What suits you more? You know. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Remember that meme when we did that yeah. metabolic um, 
function workshop that we did and the meme was a doctor talking to a patient and it said what suits your busy schedule better one hour of exercise a day or being dead 24 hours a day yeah <laughs> yeah literally i'm i'm flabbergasted that that wasn't even enough you know mm. and and the reality is is because somewhere the psychology is broken somewhere he doesn't believe that that's actually going to happen or that um it's actually going to help or that that's you know going to have a, enough of an impact to be worth it or there's something not there that's missing because for me for you for richard for a lot of our audience it's black and white yeah. like you would just go okay i'm going to do whatever it takes even if i'm not 100 percent convinced that that's going to be the the thing i'm still going to give it a crack because what do i have to lose all my life you know yeah and i'm and, and the problem is that you know people like the world is just filled with examples of people waiting until it's too late you know like yeah. they wait until I mean, our stepdad got really lucky. He, you know, they invested. This time. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. But this time, you know, the surgery cut the tumor out and cut the melanoma out. And he's, you know, told that, look, it looks okay. But that's a sign of what's going on in your body, you know, it, when, you, when you get to that state. A lot of people aren't so lucky. I mean, heart disease, um, cardio, cardiac, uh, cardiovascular disease is the biggest killer in the Western world. More people die of cardiovascular disease. And to our listeners, because I know that Yanni knows this, have a guess what the first symptom in about 45%, I can't remember the exact number, but it's above 40% um, of cardiovascular uh, diseases. Have a guess what the first symptom in over 40% is. Death. It's death. It's you death. just die. That's what happens. <laughs> so you're going through life. No idea I have cardiac disease and then uh, you die and then they cut you open and they go, wow, this guy's got like really bad cardiac disease. Cardiovascular, cardiovascular disease, disease yeah. and you didn't know it until you died. Now for a lot of people, so, you know, um, 50 or 55% of people that doesn't happen, they don't die, they have a heart attack and then they realize they've got it and they go through and get all these scans and everything. But then most people die shortly afterwards um you know most people that have one heart well, attack well there's a there's a i've been through the statistics with ross walker the cardiologist because i you know i'm lucky to call him a friend and i used to train his personal assistant uh, but um the there's, there's an alarming i can't remember it but it's a it's a it's an enormous um percentage of people have a recurrence within the first year or two and yeah generally die from that because they don't the change their lifestyle you yeah. know and but that's also the same o often that's the same with cancer i don't know if, if this is true someone can probably chime in and, and correct me but i believe that there is a, a similar recurrence with uh with people that have cancer and then have uh, you know don't change their lifestyle and often get a, a pretty big yeah. recurrence as well and, the, wor know, and, and the worst thing about it all is is that the things that we're just describing there are in most cases preventable so you're, you know, we've gone, we've gone off on a tangent here, but we've gone off on a tangent because I, I think it's really relevant. And I've, I, you know, it was funny. I knew that I knew what Ross Walker was talking about when he said about the age of 35. But when you heard, when I heard a cardiologist saying it to me, you'd have to be an idiot to argue with somebody like Ross Walker. You would have to be an idiot, honest to God. Mm. Like it's somebody with that much. Well, he's not just a cardiologist. He is in, involved in a lot of the research. He's the author of uh, five or six very he, he's writing a new books. He's writing a new book called um, Medicine or Health. Yeah. Um, where the idea of it is, is about do you what's better for you having medicine or getting yeah. healthy yeah so he's uh he's a very he's a very um holistic natural 
um, medical professional, like the way that he explained to us um, is that, you know, medicine and things like that are like a last resort, you know, he's yeah. all about changing lifestyle and eating yeah. healthy and things like that. But yeah, you, I mean, to, to hear somebody like him say the things to me that I kind of already knew, it just really drove it home for me. It just made me really think about the way that people are living their lives. And if we bring it back to the topic of conversation, you know, this idea of, of having these short-term goals is is flawed. It's it's, yeah. it's so flawed. Like if you're, you know, if you're, it, most people's short-term goals are, are usually vanity driven, right? Like I've rarely had somebody come in and say, look, I've, I've got 30 days to get the splits. Yeah. You know, I want to get flexible in 30 days for summer. It's never like that, yeah. right? So. Like if you if your body isn't looking the way that you want it to, like we always talk about, you know, when, with the with the health hierarchy of needs, step four is physique. What we say to people is that you don't even need to worry about physique mm. because when you get step one, two, and three right, the physique happens it naturally, comes, yeah. and it does. And don't get us wrong, physique is a major driving force in all of our reason for training and exercise, and, it's, it, and it's good. I think it's I think we're blessed with this drive this um this you know it's it's in our dna it's in our psychology that we want to be appealing to the to the opposite or same sex whatever floats your boat um but um i think i think it's a blessing because it is often the thing that gets you started it's enough to get you through the door it's enough to get you going and then from there it's about educating yourself and and, and learning how to take it further and why to take it further you know uh, and unfortunately, there are a lot of us who are just so dogmatic and so far gone in our psychology that it isn't enough. We've just given up on ourselves, you know, and we just go, oh, stuff it. And, uh, and for, for whatever reason, it might, it might be that you're just uh, comfortable, complacent, or just don't, don't really care anymore. Um, but um, I, th I, think it's, I don't think it's a disease. I think it's a blessing that we care about our, our, how we look. And... Uh, and I think it's great because it often gets us going, but uh, but it's it is short term. It's gen it's it's seldom uh, enough to keep you going long term, and it's what we're talking about today. Yeah, All right, it. hope you guys enjoyed that uh, discussion. Uh, if you've got any questions, leave them in the comments. We'll uh, we'll answer them for you. If you're listening to this live or before the 21st of April 2020, jump over to the Facebook group UMS Movement Mastermind. Click the link and grab the deal to get the Flexibility Masterclass or any of the three phases of the Flexibility Masterclass. Uh, it's a really good opportunity to get, uh, without a doubt, one of our most popular programs using modern methods to get strong and flexible all at the same time. And um, if you've enjoyed this show and you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe, like the video, um, share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel. Uh, and of course, if you like the podcast, uh, consider subscribing to the podcast as well. Everyone in the UMS online coaching group, jump on over to that group right now and let's get ready for your live coaching call. See you all tomorrow, everyone. And welcome back, Yanni. Thank you. <laughs> See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.